The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. is that we've got that fire down below and I have never asked you for anything but it's my only way and I ask you right now to take me as your partner in that match against those other guys. I know that you might think that I'll double cross you but I got something right here and this right here means more to me than anything else I've had in my life. This is my father's watch, and it's a Rolex watch, and it's the only thing that I have of his. And I know money doesn't mean anything to you, but it's the only way. It's the only way. If you'll be my partner, I'll put, I'll let you hold this watch in your hand right here. I'll let you take that watch. It's my father's, and my father's been gone a long time, and it's all I got from him, and you take that watch right there. You take it, and you hold it, and you let me be your partner, even though I hate your guts. Let me tell you something. Don't you ever put your hands on me like that. Don't you ever put your hands on me like that. I'm going to take the watch because I know it's your soul. I know it's your body, your blood, and your soul, and it's going to take somebody just as evil and as low down and low life as you to kick their butt. But I'll take me your own use of something. Step on me, baby. Let me know you something. And I will oh, get it. All right, let's get it going right here, right now. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling. 
and you are listening to feature episode number 22 of the two-man power trip wrestling podcast brought to you today empowered by aew on tnt stay tuned a little bit later on in the show and find out more about all elite wrestling and how they are taking over wednesday nights on tnt but if you didn't know by now my name is chad and as always i'm joined by my tag team partner the one and only jp john paz and john Today for feature episode 22, it doesn't get much more special than this uh, to welcome in a guy who obviously, you know, means so much to professional wrestling, means so much to so many people inside of the business, the one and only, the legend himself, Terry Funk, coming back for a second go-round here on the two-man power trip in a uh, conversation that I am uh, I'm dying to get out here because uh, Terry Funk... At a time in the wrestling business when there's a lot going on, is an authority and a guy you want to hear what he's got to say. And I'm sure just for you sitting on the other end of the phone, every every syllable, every word that comes out of his mouth puts you on the edge of your seat. But uh, kind of talk to us today about this interview with Terry Funk, what we have to look forward to, and obviously uh, always the pleasure that it is to have the Funker on the line. Awesome to get him back on. He was in episode number 300 all the way back when, and that was just a monumental episode with a monumental figure in the wrestling business, one of the all-time greats. And when I spoke to him, it was going to be, ah, we'll give you know a few minutes about AEW. We'll talk about Dusty and Cody and you know things like that and just kind of wasn't supposed to be that long. And all of a sudden, it just kept going and going, and he kept talking and I kept talking. It was a great wrestling conversation, a lot of great points were made and it you know probably gets a pretty good length out of this maybe even longer than the first time we had him on so i mean it's just awesome and just an honor to be able to get him on and i love kind of talking about current wrestling with him because he's such a wrestling legend and the last time we had him we talked about highlights and such big points but i kind of want to know what he thought about today's wrestling what he thought about aew especially since aew on tnt is sponsoring this episode i think it'll be a great tie and great synergy to get that in and and see what he thinks and and obviously with the dusty tie-in to cody and the funks i mean just kind of works out perfectly so we do talk dusty we do talk a little bit about dustin do talk about cody but we talk a lot about what the fans want today and they want something different and wb isn't really doing that for him and vince's might be a little out of touch and you know he kind of makes a joke saying that you know he, it's funny that he knows that vince is out of touch and they're around the same age and vince doesn't <laughs> know he's out of touch so you know it's just funny and it's just um it's just the way it is i i guess but uh, with some people but you know with him it's just funny he he was kind of didn't really watch AEW, but he knew of AEW, knew all things um, mentioned the wednesday night war mentioned wb and nxt and how um you know, AEW was winning the war maybe he didn't know exact ratings and things like that but he was aware that AEW was winning the war and we talked about that i just thought it was so cool to get his opinion on that because i don't think you're going to get too much opinions out there from terry funk about what he thinks not only about current wrestling but aew in particular yeah, it's very cool, and obviously uh, with ECW, you know Terry Funk was the guy who uh, brought that name value to their product and uh, brought them to another level. And I, you know, I, you could probably look up and down the AEW roster and be like, "Oh well, who's that Terry Funk that they have? Who's that one guy?" But I almost wish there was another generation of Funk out there that could kind of step in to AEW and carry on that legacy of the uh, the Funk versus the Rhodes uh, family and all the blood wars and the uh, obviously we know. Very well that Terry Funk could go into cutting a promo on Dusty at any second, but I almost wish there was another Funk coming up the ranks that could challenge Cody and uh, take that rivalry into another chapter. That would be 
awesome and unbelievable and i just think you know you think about it like oh man that would be just tremendous if there was a funk out there to continue the rivalry one of the greatest rivalries and something i threw in the interview that we were talking about just because it was so interesting and i saw a clip of it i wanted to bring it up to him it was uh somebody put it on youtube it's just fascinating to me it's unbelievable it actually wasn't dusty and terry funk feuding it was actually dusty and terry funk teaming together so i was like what i was like i gotta see this so in order for dusty to trust terry funk to be his partner which is just unbelievable he puts up his dad's watch so dory <laughs> funk senior's watch is on is, is up for grabs if he turns his back guess what he doesn't want to lose that watch he doesn't turn sticks with dusty they win and he gets to keep the watch so i just thought that was so fascinating and so cool and then he brought up this little tidbit that he still has it and that he was wearing it. So I was like, oh, my God. I mean, like, just think of the history of that. His father's watch meant so much to him. Rolex, uh, he still has. It still wears. He put diamonds in it, make it even more valuable. And it's just you know, unbelievable. And the history of it about uh, Iron Mike DiBiase and, and that era and, and how Dory Funk Sr. got the watch. Just so cool. And, and just to see that go all the way through. And if you're a real true wrestling fan, go out of your way and find that clip. It's just so awesome. And the promo that him and Dusty cut together. And Dusty's basically saying, I'll trust you, but you got to put something on the line, brother. You know, it's just so cool and just so awesome. And I just thought that was crazy kind of coincidence. Like, you I mean the watch I'm wearing right now, the Rolex from my dad? I put, you know, uh, some diamonds in. So I just thought that was so cool just because we were talking about Cody and AEW, but also talking about the feud with Dusty. So then I tied it in and said, well, you know, Terry, I saw an awesome clip of you actually teaming with Dusty. So just fascinating, fascinating stuff from the Funkster. If you uh, if you type in Dusty and Terry Funk into uh, Google and you go to videos, we're the fourth one down from the top of Terry Funk talking about Dusty from episode number 300, which you can get available in the TMPT archive. And you can go through our Podomatic.com uh, hosting page or you can get the Podomatic app and scroll all the way to episode Number 300, uh, just a great conversation. And again, you'd think they could pick up the feud tomorrow. And uh, obviously with Dusty, that would be a little harder, but they would. They could pick up that feud tomorrow and uh, carry it on into the next generation. But it's very cool to get Terry Funk on and to talk about AEW and the excitement that's in the air within the wrestling business. It's uh, it's it's definitely uh, it's thick and you can cut it. With a knife. So uh, that's enough out of us. Why don't we get it over to Terry Funk? Why don't we uh, get this show on the road, see what the Funkers got to say. And uh, as always, by the end of it, I'm sure we'll be hoping for that next retirement uh, comeback from Terry Funk. Maybe one more match. You never know. And uh, all of us will be sitting here with smiles on our faces. So, John, I'll hand it over to you. Why don't you get us over to uh, Terry Funk and get this show on the road? Yes, one of the all-time greats. There is no doubt about it. Obviously, former NWA champion, ECW champion, Hall of Famer everywhere. Just one of the all-time greats. One of our all-time favorites. There's no doubt about it. The legend, the icon, Mr. Terry Funk. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one, but I know that you got your reasons. These things that are pleasing you can hurt you somehow. 
Don't you draw the queen of diamonds, boy She'll beat you if she's able You know the queen of hearts is always your best bet Now it seems to me some fine things Have been laid upon your table But you only want the ones that you can't get Desperado Oh, you ain't getting no young Your pain and your hunger They're driving you home And freedom, oh freedom Just some people talking Your prison is walking through this world all alone It may be raining But there's a rainbow above you You better let somebody love you Let somebody love you better let somebody love you Yeah, you had a lot of history with uh, Dusty Rhodes. Pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was before they had Vince McMahon. Yeah. And even after him, too. Yes. I was just uh, curious, um, since AEW, I don't know if you, you heard or saw it, they had the show um, two nights ago, Dynamite, Cody Rhodes' League. I didn't see it, but I heard that it was, it was, uh, I heard it was all right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I did not uh, see it, but what did you think of it? I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was a really good show. Um, I thought they did a lot of things right. I thought they were different. I thought they were unique. I thought See, it was... I wish I would have seen it. Very, very cool. Um, and it, with it being on TNT and Tony Schiavone being on it and it kind of being a little bit of, you know, Cody with an homage to Dusty, it was, it was very cool stuff. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I bet they did a rating, too. Yeah. They actually did, I think it was $1.4 million or almost $1.5 million, and they beat out WWE, who had NXT that night. They beat them in the ratings by about five hundred or 600,000 people, so they beat them pretty good. You are kidding me. Yeah, first week that's out. That's got to set the others on their ear. I was going to say, is that pretty great that not only AEW goes head-to-head with his one of his brands, they beat him all right out of the gate. Isn't that just great that, you know, it's Dusty oh, Kidd and Cody, Cody doing that? Unbelievable that they beat him right out of the gate. They beat him right out of the gate on the, on the uh, people watching. That is uh, not good. That is wonderful. It's curiosity, too. And they have to understand that. And they have to be prepared to produce a better show than what they did that first week, the second week, and continue on with better and better and better. And that's what they have to have. They have to have that attitude 
and that belief that they can do it. I absolutely, totally agree. You think that next week it will kind of be more the same? You think that that it will hook the fans and that they're going to continue to win? Do you think it's going to be a struggle this point out? I think that, well, if you, uh, you know, you can't uh, turn shit into uh, a great meal. You can put whatever you want into there, but you can't do that. And uh, that's what Vince is doing. You can't believe it, but he has become repetitious. Oh, uh, he has become uh, what stagnant, repetitious. Uh, some of his stuff is totally overbearing. And uh, that's just the matter of truth. And you've got something, you've got a f- fresh flower coming up right behind me. It is so cool kind of what they've been able to do and be different and be fresh and kind of get people interested. And it seems like they have their own kind of audience. I mean, it was, well, I think it topped off at 1.8 million viewers. And, it, you know, the average is about 1.4, 1.5. So they definitely have interest. Well, and here's the thing is why do you think that you have that many viewers? Now, it's not all curiosity. You understand me? It's because the people want something better than what producing. Mm-hmm. Right. You follow me? Your fans definitely want something different. Do you think that it's like lapsed fans. It's those fans that used to watch. They're dying to come back and watch again. Of course not. Hell, we're all dead. It's <laughs> you know, fresh new fans looking for a damn change, looking for something different, looking for, you know, they've, uh, they're not wanting to play, uh, what the hell was it? Uh, an idiotic football game that lasted how many how many games? Two, the first time, one, the second time. They tried to produce football. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we say go at it again, uh, XFL. You know they're going to go at it again. Mm-hmm. They still got it. They're not playing now. They're gone. Yep. They're they're gone. They're in a some goddamn uh, rat house somewhere. But that one didn't last. Uh, the second time he tried it, it was even worse. He tried it two times. Right. And the second time was even worse. Yeah, you know. Like, I don't know if if it's Vince getting older. You know, maybe, you know, obviously he's in the 70s, he's getting older, maybe he's not as focused on wrestling. Do you think that could be a problem? He's not as focused on wrestling anymore? Oh, I, you know, the, uh, you know, I think it holds true that the older we get, you know, but no, not really. It's what it is, is it's uh, the inability to change. 
Hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, uh, it's an inability to do it because the, and it's an impossibility. Now, that is the truth because you become attached to people. You uh, become, and that, that not only includes your wrestlers, but it includes creators. You become attached to them, and they become uh, they become stagnant. They become old. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, and they become repetitious. The water's uh, getting dirty. Do you think that he's going to change? They better filter it out. Well, that's it. The water's getting dirty, and they better filter it. You think that with WWE now going to be on Fox and SmackDown's going to be on Fox, you think that he's going to change a lot of things now to try to make sure that it's, it's you know, different than what he's been doing for years? He can change, but he can't change his, his uh, characters because that's something that wrestling is we are who we are. And we are, even whenever we're established as something, we go in the ring. We are not actors. We are wrestlers. That's his fault. That's his, he feels we're actors. I am not an actor, never was an actor in my entire life. In fact, I never went into the ring. I would go ahead for Whenever I was champion, whenever I was anything, it didn't matter. I'd go in and they'd say, uh, they'd come in there and they'd tell me what was we were to do in the match. Not not what we were going to do, but uh, uh, we want you to win, Terry. Okay. I'd go in the ring and that'd be it. Go, we want you to go Broadway. I'd go 60 Minutes. Uh, and telling you the truth is I'd go them and I never talked to a soul. Went in there and did it. Go over there and tell them that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, call it in the ring. You don't kind of script everything in the well, back. I don't and... Nothing is a script. I never worked a script in my entire goddamn life. Hmm. That's what's so ridiculous. Because they got people that can't go out there and create. Yeah, everything is writ- written for them or scripted, or it's it's on a teleprompter kind of thing. It's it's not the guy being himself and going out there, and, and which is why they're saying oh. AEW is so much different. Because the AEW, they're saying they're able to create and able to do their own promos and things like that. Well, that's it. Well, you don't know if they are or not. Let's wait. Right. See. Right. Yep. Because. Uh, it's, it's awful easy to go ahead and have a great first show when it's the first show and you got a lifetime to create it. Yeah, a lot of buzz, for sure, which is very cool. Well, Kodiak and... buzz, but, but you can create something a lifetime before. Yeah. All your dreams can come out in that first show, and then you better be able to make a second one. Yep. And the third one. Yep, got to follow up. Yep, got to be a good follow up. 
and Cody actually wrestled the the first match uh, on the first show, which was kind of cool. Well, he was going to make sure it was a good one. Yes, it was. Yep. And that's that's uh, that's the reason he was on there first because he wanted to blow it off. Now, are you familiar with like? Cody's wrestling and stuff. I know, obviously, very familiar with Dustin because you wrestled Dustin a lot, and uh, you know, and obviously, Dusty. I'm, I'm not. I'm not familiar with hell. I don't even know Cody. Oh no! Okay. I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I know Dustin, but I don't know him very well hmm. since he was shitting his pants. <laughs> That's whenever I knew. Dustin. So you don't who really know. To, who am I to to uh, comment on this stuff and uh, be an authority on it? Well, I am who I am, and I will always be who I am, and I know the goddamn wrestling business. I was able to. And a lot of other guys have uh, done what I did, too. But I did it a little bit differently. But a lot of other guys have have, uh, gone through the world of wrestling and done quite well and been themselves all the way. And been their own creators. And that's what I liked about it before is, hey, you hunted around the country. Well, what the hell are they? Why is Vern doing so much business? You know, we were down in Amarillo, had a promotion. Well, he's got so-and-so on top. Well, let's get a hold of those guys and see if we can't get them. You know, it was, it was each individual had his own character. And each team had their own character. And uh, they proved themselves successes time and time again. They weren't made successes. They were proved successes. Yes, absolutely. And you're right up there with them. I mean, uh, made a pretty damn big name for yourself as well. I mean, can't can't deny that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm better be. Yeah, uh, loved every minute of it. Uh, loved my life. Uh, tough times, rough times, good times, and great times. It, uh, it was an amazing life. And I want those guys up there to have an amazing life. And uh, I don't know. It's a different world, and I understand that. But I feel that our world still has a place within their world. Yes. You know what was so cool? I was looking on the Internet the other day, and I saw you actually teamed with Dusty. I was surprised. I don't remember this. You teamed with Dusty. No, I don't remember it. 
Yeah, and, and in order for you or for him to trust you to be teaming with him, you gave him your father's watch, and you said, if I turn on you, you, know, you get to keep my father's watch. I thought that was so cool. I'm like, wow, that is so different. And you didn't turn on him, and he gave you the watch back. And I've got to, and I've got to watch on to this No, day. really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a Rolex with diamonds. So you you got to remember that a little bit, right? You, you put that watch up. That must have meant something to you. That was really cool. Well, it did. It meant something to the people, and therefore it meant something to me. Yes. Yep. You know. Yeah, absolutely. That was, I just thought that was so cool. I was like, I, I don't even remember you guys teaming. I know I remember you guys feuding, um, but that was very, very cool. And, and I just was thinking, like, the, the pretty awesome. You, you have that watch. You still have it, and that uh, you're wearing it, and that it means a lot to you. That's pretty cool as well. Oh, it uh, means everything to me. And the funny thing about it is, is he won that watch. Hmm. He won it in Amarillo, Texas. It didn't have diamonds in it, and I put diamonds in it. You know, I wanted to make it mean more than it did to other people, you know, but it always meant the world to me, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, he won it in the tournament in Amarillo, And uh, Iron Mike DiBiase was in the tournament. I can't remember who else. But takes five in it too. Very cool. Uh, I love it, and I love that you know you had it for all these years. You made it special. You made it something in your own, and, and to be used in that storyline in such an impactful way was really cool. And obviously, it left a lasting memory on a lot of fans. Now, repeat that again. That is just a cool moment. I mean, it left a memory a lot of fans. That fans, you know, still posting it on YouTube and posting it on the internet, saying, "Look how cool this was," and and it, you know, it shows you kind of how important just one little thing could be. You know, that's uh, that holds to be true in the uh, world of wrestling. You know, and uh, and I think truly is uh, there's a group out there that. Uh, sit there and tells their kids how it used to be. And now maybe they'll have a chance to look at it. And that are fans, that were legitimate fans. Mm-hmm. And their kids are legitimate, but the, it's, uh, they're WWE fans. Mm-hmm. I suppose. You know, I think they can switch pretty quick because they, they always did before. Yes, wrestling yes. Fans are, wrestling fans are for whoever they want to. If you got a better show than the other guy, they're going to watch you. That's it right there. It's just no other way, you know. They can have their favorites or whatever, but if you got a better show than the other group does, well, they'll watch you. So maybe maybe Dustin can put it together. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's funny because during the Monday Night Wars with WCW and WWF, you were part of both sides. That's exactly what the fans did. And now it's the Wednesday Night Wars, and people are probably going to be switching over and doing that same exact thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like changing, but what was the change back in was he he had all of them beat because uh, he had the one national show. Mm -hmm. And there was only... uh, 
two places you could walk and lock in with a national show at that time was uh, New York and California. And that's because that's where your television originated from. Mm-hmm. So he was in the right place at the right time. And I don't know what the hell happened out there. Mm. In California, we had there's a bunch of nuts out there running after. <laughs> you know and how did, California is. Oh yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's a little crazy out there. <clears throat> Whole yeah, other world yeah. out there. Yes, sir. As far as as you though and your family, I think it's, but I would like to say one thing. Oh sure. I think the I think it's uh, you know the the fruit right now is ripe. It's time to be there right now, and I think that they're making a move at the right and proper time. People are tired of New York. Yes. And that's, that's uh, you know, no matter how you change or whatever you do, you're still the same show. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. Wednesdays on TNT, the revolution continues with all elite wrestling dynamite. It's the most exciting professional wrestling in the last decade. We want to set a new standard for all of pro wrestling and for all pro wrestling fans. Made for wrestling fans by the wrestlers themselves, AEW flies higher, hits harder, and with their all-inclusive roster of superstars, they're breaking all boundaries. Chris Jericho, Cody and Brandy Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Nyla Rose, and more. Take to the skies! The revolution continues with All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, Wednesdays at 8, 7 central on TNT. Oh, what a moment! As long as Vince is still running it, yep. The Attitude Era was the only kind of time you really changed it up to do something different, and that's because WCW was killing them at the time, and it seems like if AEW keeps momentum going, you might have to do that all over again. Exactly. You know, that's whenever I... I'm going to tell you this story. Is, uh, Atlanta came out. What was their TV? Nitro? Well, no, no, the TV show, what was it? Like WWE, it was the NWA, but it was, uh, they had a name for it, I don't know. World Championship Wrestling? Yeah, Championship Wrestling. It was the only one in the country at that time. And I was uh, going to uh, Albuquerque from Amarillo to wrestle that night. And... uh, forget who it was is I had uh it was one of the guys off of T V that we had in there and uh but he was just on you know, he was a TV star artist from Atlanta. It was uh I can't remember who it was, but he came in for a couple of weeks 
And anyhow, as we stopped in a little town to eat between Amarillo and Albuquerque, and that uh, guy was there, but he had been on TV. I'm trying to think who it was. He wasn't a big star, but he had been on television week after week after week after week. And we had him in Amarillo. He came to Amarillo. So we went over there and was wrestling in Albuquerque. We stopped in Cook, Cook and Carry, New Mexico to eat at a little restaurant because it was 280 miles. So we stopped to eat there. And all of a sudden, these kids come driving up as we was getting out of the car. And they said, uh, I can't remember if it was, it wasn't Dusty, but it was, uh, trying to remember, it was one of the other guys that was on top in Atlanta at the time. And I thought, well, hell, here these kids are coming around up to see me. They ran right past me and ran. <laughs> and we had our in the area. What it was is that, uh, if you're not if you're not seen, except on occasion, you're much more popular than if you're seen every day. Mm. You know. Yeah. And that's the truth. And if you're not seen, except twice a year, you know, and that's the way they do it. They're they're very popular in the towns that they go to because right now you have wrestling in a town twice a year. Some of them only once, maybe some five times, you know, but not every week like it used to be. So yep. abs makes a hard grow for under. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, that's a great story. It's a great point. And I can't believe that they'd be walking by you to go to somebody else. I mean, it's Terry Funk. Uh, you know, Jesus, come on. It's Terry Funk. They were, they were watching that. They were watching. They've been watching us for 20 years. Hmm. They've been watching. Yep. Been watching Atlanta for two years. Yep. And they became the stars. We weren't. You know, and that's the same thing with New York. New York comes to town only once or twice a year. And then they'll be more over than the guys that are there every week. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they're they're over fantastic. They're over over great. They're the Superstars. It's like having the old. Uh, uh, who in the hell would you have it in a bar? Is uh, playing music. You got the local bar. You got the local guitar player, and then all of a sudden you bring in Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm, yeah, and he's going to be a little more popular. Yep, absolutely. As far as you and stuff. Are you doing any more personal appearances? Are you doing any more autograph signings? Or are you you retired from that? You're done for that. Well, I I got an abdominal hernia, and I don't know if you know what that is or not. Yes. Yep. Very familiar. But they are not any fun. So I went. Uh, I've got an abdominal hernia. So I went and had it operated on. But whenever I went up there, as uh, I told them, uh, you know, they told me, they said, now don't drink milk before you come up here for the operation. 
so I had drank milk that morning accidentally. I took a swallow and I thought as I was going out the door, I always drink a glass of milk in the morning. So I took a swallow and I thought, oh, geez, no. So I went ahead and poured it, poured it out, went ahead and jumped in the car, went to where I was supposed to be in the hospital. And I turned they got me on the gurney, got me on the bed. They said, all right, Terry. says, uh, we're taking you in now to do your operation. Uh, have, you, uh, uh, have you done this? No, no, sir. Have you gone ahead and have you drank any milk? I said, no, no, sir. And I thought about it. They pushed me on into the operating room, and I said, I got something to tell you. I drank milk. He says, oh, no. And he went ahead and had to push me out. Well, he was trying to set some kind of a record that day. And um, this is a true story. He was trying to set some kind of a record that day, and uh, like the most in a day, like 17 surgeries and abdominal surgeries in one morning. But he went ahead and he uh, uh, said, oh, no, Terry, when he was pushing me in there. I was the last one, and he didn't break his record. So I went back in there six months later to get the abdominal surgery. And uh, he just uh, did a terrible job on me. I don't know what he did. But I've been that bad ever since. My stomach has for about two years. I'm going to show you how important you are. I'm not answering that phone. Yes, I love it. Absolutely love it. <clears throat> so, I I mean, I guess you're kind of on the mend, so to speak. So no more personal appearances, at least for, for the time being, for, for a while. No, I'm not going to do any more. So you're just hanging uh, out at the uh, Double Cross and Ranch? Actually, I feel that way, you know, as I feel uh, physically as I, I'm, I'm not going to go until I absolutely feel like I am well and doing good. So I'm not going yep. anywhere in the future yep, as far sense. as I'm concerned. But, you know, as... Uh, Maybe in a year or something. Okay. I might go somewhere. But uh, right now, no. I'm going to get well. Are you still at the Double Cross Ranch? No, sir. I sold that place a long time ago. Oh, that's right. I think I that's think we. Why I can, that's why I can sit on my butt over here. On hmm. I'm on a lake and got a beautiful view of the water and the fish are jumping and so is well I'm. I'm not jumping now. Huh. <laughs> I'm not jumping, but the fish are. <laughs> yeah, no I'm more jumping. jumping. Yeah, those days are over now. No more jumping around, right? Yeah, well, those days are probably over. I got to put the probably in there. Yep. What would you say for yourself is like, the legacy or, or the stamp of a Terry Funk? 
Well, the one thing my father taught me is one thing is you do what you say you're going to do. And that's it. Love it. It's a great Terry Funk motto. Well, that's that's what you got to do. And you don't commit yourself to things that you don't do or you can't do. Okay. Absolutely great. And as far as for Cody and Dustin and, and the other guys at AEW, do you have any, like, advice for them, like like any really big piece of advice that you would give to them? I know be different and, and change and don't be like WB, but anything else? Well, there's a whole lot of things I'd like to say. Uh, it's... Uh, You've got to be the best. And we all know what means, what being the best means. Yes. It's either him or, you know, that's it right there. Nothing else after that. But uh, they know what being the best means. And there's no other no other way, there's no other anything. You've just got to be the best. If you're not, you're gone. And then I don't even have I just like it, you've got to be the best. There can be None better. Yep. Do you agree? Yes, totally agree. You got to be the best. There can be none better. I agree. Yep. And And that's, that's that's so true, and you know it is. Yep. And you don't have you're in no other direction. And a lot of people would say that about you. The best, none better. We see it, uh, you know, throughout. Uh, they don't remember that. <laughs> they don't remember me that far back. Oh, they do. They gotta be. They gotta be ancient. No, oh, you should see these younger guys. They're always talking about you on Twitter and social media and stuff. Terry, they call Terry <laughs> Tuesdays. They post old promos from you. You know they. They have uh, pictures of you. They have a lot of good stuff. You're kidding. Oh, my God. They they love you. Oh, my goodness. I saw this one guy on uh, Facebook, on another social media app. He was doing like 12 days of Terry or something. It was weird. Every day it was a different promo, and it was either, you know, it would be Florida, it would be Amarillo, it would be a lot of different things. It was very, very cool. I thought it was awesome. You know, uh, appreciate you calling, and... Uh... I think that uh, I think it's a very necessary thing to get that to get that out there and let yeah 
Absolutely. I think it's, that. I think it's uh, a... I said it to to really make the guys that are everything, every word that I said, I thought about. And the reason I said those words were for the guys that are in the business now. Awesome. They've got to know that. Well, you are yeah. loved. That is for sure. You are loved. You are remembered. And well, uh, I don't. I don't know about that, but you know, it's, uh, I hope so. And uh, never experienced such a rough week as this one. You know, when I uh, had the love of my life passed away, and that wasn't easy. Yep. Yep. You just don't know what's, where you're going or where you're headed when that happens. Yeah, yep. And she was uh, she was a good one. Put up with my ass all of those years. <laughs> yep. She did. And she whipped my ass all of those years. <laughs> she whipped me in the line. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Funk, it's awesome. Uh, thank you for you know, taking the time and sharing so many good stuff, and and, and really appreciate well, you. You know, you mentioned in that last story. I really appreciate that. It's very, very nice, and you're definitely loved and remembered, and one of the all-time greats. There's no doubt about it. Well, maybe, <laughs> but I enjoyed doing the interview with you, and I hope it works good for you. This podcast was a presentation of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcast empire.